Okay, if you have your Bibles with you, we'd ask that you turn to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 1. While you're turning there, again, I appreciate the church for the invitation, uh, for all the hospitality that's been shown and all the hard work that's gone into uh, preparing for this meeting. And we will be praying uh, that the Lord would send you the pastor that you need. Uh, Sometimes, unfortunately, that's different than what we want. Uh, Daniel chapter 1 in the first verse. The Bible says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of of Judah, into his hand, and with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored, and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, and so nourishing them three years, at the end thereof they might stand before the king." Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. Uh, And he gave Daniel the name Belshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and Mishael uh, of Meshach, and Azariah of Bendigo. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. I'd like to preach this evening, the Lord being my helper, you are what you eat. Dear Lord, we thank you and we praise you for your dear word. Lord, we thank you for what encouragement it's been down through us down through the years. Bless it now to your people that sit here. Save the lost according to your mercy and grace. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, some fairly familiar verses of Scripture uh, in the capture of uh, the northern kingdom uh, by... Uh, the enemy forces, and that's where we sit at today. Uh, you know, this is what I teach my church back home. Don't expect the world to, ser- to serve the Lord. I mean, they do what their calling calls them to do. But if you know the story of Daniel, the nation was captured because of sin. And even though the majority of the nation was in sin... The ones that loved the Lord went with them. See, when a nation is being judged, it's very different than when an individual is being judged. When a nation is being judged, you may have done nothing at all, but yet still you're swept away with it. 
And that is the situation that we find with Daniel. Uh, well, church, we're in the years of being swept away. If you don't believe that, you look back from now to 30 years ago and, and even go further to the 1970s and you will find the people are not the same. You know what? The lost people are not even the same they were 50 years ago. And, and that's a sad situation we find ourselves. Now the reality is this, we're being swept away with it until we'll twist Scripture about ourselves and try to prove that sin is okay. Uh, that, that, you know, we have to be able to bend a little bit if we want to evangelize. Uh, that's a lie straight out of the pits of hell. If you, if you compromise to get people in here, you'll have to keep compromising to keep them in here. And, and, and so we live in a, uh, so Daniel lived in a day when it was easier to go with the crowd. Is that not where we're at today? It's easier to go with the crowd. You know, uh, sometimes when you're talking to people and you have to say, no, I don't believe that, it gets a little rough, don't it? Uh, and, and you know, uh, what a generic term Baptist has become. And when somebody introduces me and says, uh, well, Larry's a Baptist preacher, and it takes you about 15 minutes to clarify what's been said. Right? That, that's where we are in the modern day. And, and so it was in that kind of situation that God's people were swept away with the rest. Now, I pray that our nation uh, might be salvaged, but I don't look for it. Now, there's two reasons why I'm not a Debbie Downer, but I am a realist. And the other thing I, I, I really believe in, if you fellas can show me in Scripture differently, I'll be glad to listen. I don't see us in end-time prophecy. And the only way that, that that would be possible, we'd have to cease to exist, right? And, and, and so, um, I don't look for it, and the Lord might give us some more years of grace, but Daniel warned them, Isaiah warned them, they were warned and warned and warned, and they listened to nobody. And they were swept away. Uh, they were taken captive. The, the, the kingdom fell. They got the holy city. Everything was gone. And that is the day that Daniel lived. The Bible says in the first verse, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, from the, uh, Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon, uh, into Jerusalem and besieged it. Now, you can think about this, and uh, you fellers can preach on it one day. The church is under besiege. We, we live in that day. Now, you can preach that later because I didn't prepare it, but I know it to be true. Uh, we, we're under attack, church, and, and the biggest thing in that attack, it's easier to compromise than to stand. Amen. That, that's the besieging of the Lord's church. And, and, and so we see that this was the kind of day that they lived in, and the enemy did come upon them, just like the prophets predicted, just like was uh, uh, prophesied unto them. They came, they were besieged, and they were drug away. 
That was their end. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, unto, unto his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God. I love that little portion of that verse. He didn't get them all, did he? He got part of them. Uh, you know that. You know what we call that in in, in further uh, in further uh, readings. It was a remnant. I've seen the Bible call people a remnant. And, and isn't it a wonderful thing of God's sovereignty all down through the different ages? He's preserved a remnant. Now, it may not be much, but He's preserved a remnant. Uh, uh, you know, I, I fully believe this, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't go about to uh, prove it by church genealogy. I don't have any problem with that, but I don't try to prove it with that. But by the promise of the Word of God, I think there's always been a church just like this one, and just like the one at Dover. And you know what? I don't have to prove that. I believe it by the Word of God. And I'll go a step further and don't stone me. Uh, you be careful of this Reformed movement. They do not believe what we believe. You be very careful of them. And, and, and so we see then as the Lord's people that this is not a new occurrence in the history of the Lord's people, it's happened time and time and time again. Verse 3, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children. Now, if you underline in your Bible, you underline children, because the world wants yours. Now, I've, I've known this little group, most of them all their lives. I, I think Colton was three or four when they came to New Testament. And they had the, other, they had the next to the oldest, and all these were born later. And uh, I don't have to tell Ashley and Brittany, but the world wants these boys. And uh, that, notice they didn't go for the elders. They went for the children. And they'll go for yours too. And, and we have to be very, very cautious in this last day that we live that we don't hand them to them on a silver platter. Because sometimes I've seen families do that. And, and so uh, just be aware in the modern day they want your children. Now, uh, I know more about the public school system than most, and I'm telling you, they want your children. You know, it's, it's not easy doctrine, is it? And it is, uh, and the reason they want your children, if they can get them programmed by the time they're 12, they're just about, without the intervention of God, out of your reach. And they know that, and they, they intervene that way. So he wanted their children. This was the brand that he wanted, children, in whom was no blemish. In other words, he didn't want the sick ones. He, he didn't want the ugly ones. You know, in Tennessee, I don't know how y'all do it here in Alabama. Y'all got a good way too, I'm sure. If it's an ugly baby, you say, oh, ain't that sweet? <laughs> right? Because, you know, you can't lie about it. And, but what they didn't want is a baby, a child that was ugly. They, they wanted the best of the best. They wanted uh, a person that's well put together. 
Uh, that's the type of people the devil enjoys. Children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom. They wanted the good-looking ones, and they wanted the smart ones. They, they wanted people, children, that would be on top. Now, have you ever wondered, okay, why did they want these? They wanted them because they could influence others. You know, if, if you don't believe that, look at your, look at your phone or look, or look at your TV if you have one. And listen, you don't see no ugly people in a soap opera, do you? That's why. They don't want the ones with blemish. They, if they can convince you that that's the lifestyle you need, they have to do it with desirous people. People that have the look and have the brains. And understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and who might teach the learning, again, the tongue of the Chaldeans. He wanted these good-looking people, smart people, that would envelop the rest of the captive nation. That was his plan. Does that sound familiar? Uh, They're still using it today. And the king appointed them daily. Uh, uh, the next approach, the king appointed them a daily portion of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, which at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now, I ask you, what was for supper? Yeah, any of y'all ever watch Hee Haw or Am I Dating Myself? Everybody be honest, right? Uh, it came right out of Nashville, the pits of hell, so I know y'all know, uh, y'all know what hee-haw is. But y'all remember the little blip? It would be about in the middle of that show, Grandpa, What's for Supper? And uh, uh, one time, and I don't remember the rest of it, I just remember this first line, fresh fried possum. And I am a redneck from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, but I have never ate possum nor will I. Uh, you know why? Because it's a rodent. Uh, those things are just nasty. Now, I've ate squirrel. If you hold that against me, I, I, I like squirrel, actually. But uh, possum, and, and I had this friend. Her daddy was much older even than my dad. And uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Donald Beard, he was a Campbellite man. Man, he is a strong Campbellite. You couldn't talk to him about nothing. And... Uh, he said he always ate possum, and I was like, well, you need all of it you want because my, you can have my portion. Uh, and, uh, but until one time, he was out in the woods, and there's a, there was a cow that had died. It was his cow, and he, and he was out in the back of the pasture, so he didn't really fool with it. He's just going to let it rot. And he went by, and he kicked that corpse and outran two possums. Mr. Donald never ate possum again. You see what I'm saying? It was because of their diet. It was because he saw really what they were made of. Uh, what you eat is what you are. I've heard that one too, right? So this diet was extremely appealing. Now, I don't know what meat you like the best. I like steak. I like hamburgers. I love bacon. Amen. 
And uh, those are the type of foods that I enjoy. Now, if we were under the Jewish diet, our pork chops and our bacon and our sausage, all that would have to be gone. Thank God for grace. Uh, And uh, here, in the time of Daniel, they didn't have that blessing. Jewish diet, the pig was about as foul as you could get. Uh, Now, they let you eat beef. And so, I don't know exactly what the diet consisted of, but I do know this, and and this this is the summation of the law. Obey Him. That's just it. Now, there were some weird things, or weird to me at least, because I'm not Jewish, about the law, such as the dietary restrictions, but I know they had a reason. If nothing else, to teach them, you obey me in every aspect of your life, including what you put in, right? And so that, that was the sum of the, of the law, and they had the ability in this new captivity to have whatever they wanted. You ever, uh, uh, you ever thought that, well, I finally arrived, I can have what I want? Well, first of all, you're deceiving yourself. And secondly, what are you going to get when you can have what you want? What's your, what, what would be your favorite food or your favorite automobile if you could have what you want? That was the situation these Jews in captivity that had never enjoyed sausage or bacon, and now they could have it. And you know what the bulk majority did? They went with it. You know what you would do without grace? You would go for it too. I don't care what the sin is. I don't care what the rebellion might include. If it wasn't for the goodness of God, we would go for it just like this bunch went for those hogs. That's our nature. We're broken. And so we see that what would you do in this situation? Now, we're going to see that Daniel picked something that's not favorable to the flesh. We'll read verse 6. Now, among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, I've often thought it strange that we always know them by their worldly name. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We learned about that when we was this big, right? So why didn't we, why didn't we learn their Bible name? <laughs> Uh, and I've never quite understood that, and, and still don't do it today. But I want you to see, they even wanted to change these people's name. Now, uh, we have two adopted children. Uh, Anna is the older one. And Anna was 12 when she was adopted. Her, her birth name was uh, Brandy. And all our children have Bible names. And we left it up. I mean, at 12 years old, I wouldn't want to change my name, would you? I got pretty used to Larry by then. And so, but uh, she said, no, I'd rather be called Anna. So we, we changed her name legally to Anna. 
Well, and I say this, she definitely didn't live up to her name. Uh, but I want, by that I want you to see, why would, we, why would you want that? Why, why would you, see, they were trying to change the person's character, who they identified. See, uh, they weren't Jewish names. What they were given, Belshazzar, you know what that is? That, that, that is a Babylonian name. They wanted to take away who they were. And you know what Satan wants to do to you? He wants to take away who you are. That, that, that is his nature. And so they give him, the, they give him these crazy Greek names, uh, these uh, Babylonian names, and it was to change their character. Verse 9, uh, verse 8, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Now, good sovereign gracers don't, don't like this. We think if we get hit by a car, it's God's fault, right? Well, if you've stepped out in front of it, guess whose fault it is, right? But here we find, it says Daniel purposed in his heart. In other words, he took that on. God, God didn't say, you're going to be Daniel, and you're going to be Daniel, and nothing else is going to come through it. He purposed in his heart that he would serve God. You know, how many people really do that in the day which we live, saying, irregardless, I'm going to serve the Lord. That's a rare thing, is it not? And, and sometimes I'll say, well, that's a rare thing in 2023. You know what? That's been a rare thing since the Lord uh, created this earth. Someone to just a purpose in their heart that I'm going to serve God irregardless. And Daniel did that in a very dark, dark, bleak day. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, but uh, nor with wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear the Lord my king, who have appointed your meat and your drink. For why should we see your faces worse likening than the children that you are than which are which are of your sort? Now I want I want to kind of set the scene, uh, kind of all the ways like it like it was when Joseph was in prison. Daniel had always found favor, and and I really can't explain that. I do think it was with the sovereignty of God. And I do think those men saw something different, uh, meaning the captors saw difference in those captives. There was, you know, uh, it, it was a very strange thing if you were being offered a pork chop and you'd say, no, I'd rather have some grits. But that's what was happening. And, and so it got his attention, and I wanted you, and I want you to see. He says, "Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing this, but I fear the king." Now we find something that's very common in every man that's ever been born. And ladies, when I say man, I mean mankind. We fear the world. We 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 fear being pleasing to others. 
the redeemed and the lost alike, fear is a motivator. Be very careful of that. Be very careful where fear takes you. So he expresses his concern back to Daniel. Verse 11, Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let us, and, and give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Now that's slim pickings, his mother would say. But it was a Jewish diet. Oh. What do, you, what do you think the issue... Now, I like water if I'm really thirsty. The other time, give me a dot, Dr. Pepper. Right? And what was another problem with water in the time that they lived? One reason they drank wine a whole lot is this. The water wasn't clean. It was full of bacteria. It could make you very, very sick very quickly. But they preferred that because they knew God would bless it. Now this other item uh, that they ate, and I've heard different men say different things, and I'll have to say this, the commentaries that I have read were not that real clear on it either, but I understand pulse to eat is just some kind of grain. It could actually be more than one. In other words, oatmeal or grits, or, or uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't steak. You see what I'm saying? It was a very common routine diet. Now church, we're on a very limited common routine diet. And you know what? By the grace of God, I hope that diet never changes. You know what I want to hear? I want to hear about the goodness and sovereignty of God. You know what I want to hear? I want to hear about the, the church that Jesus built and nothing has ever happened since that day. You know what the reformers think? They think, they think the church went out of existence. Oh, you know what I say to that? That's a, if that's true, the rest of the scripture can't be true either. Right? And, and, and so we see... Sometimes the diet that the Lord gives us is going to be very, very plain. It's going to be routine. You know, there's a Clarks was the largest city close to us. It's it's now swelled to probably 180 thousand people, and um, there is a group there, and I will call them a group uh, that what would it 70 years ago, 50 years ago, be called Pentecostal. But now they've dropped the name holiness, and I'm glad they did because they dropped it in more ways than one, right? And all it is sounds like a big rock concert. Uh, I've seen their little videos, and the boy that pastors it, he and I graduated high school from together, and, you know, uh, they're about as far as from holy as, the, as it can get. Now, I'm ashamed of it now, but you know, at least I'm honest. Uh, People call me a lot of things, but I will be honest. I went to rock concerts when I was in high school in the 80s, and that's exactly what this mess looks like. And I know because I've been there. And you know what that is? That's that diet 
that the rest of them were being fed. That, that, that's the diet of the world. That is the diet that they want your children to eat. That is the diet that, that is religion in the modern day. Now, in the flesh, which one would you pick? I mean, really, if we be honest with one another. If, if we went back there and they took the fried chicken away and the good ladies put oatmeal out, Ashley, do you want a piece of chicken or do you want some oatmeal? Right? That's the situation of, uh, of 2025, is it not? Now, we sometimes anticipate the bad diet being satanic stuff, Right? All that woo and all this junk they do? No, no. You, you, know the, you know what to qualify with the world's diet? The only qualifications is that it makes you feel good. Now that could be in the name of Christ, it can be in the name of Satan, but long as it tickles your flesh, it qualifies. Right? And, and, and so we find in, in the days in which they lived and, and, and that... They had a choice to make. Now, Baptists don't like choices, and, but they had a choice to make, and they could go with what the, what the king had, or they could have a very bland diet and see what God would do. He said, examine us after this. That's another thing, I, what I found about Baptists. We don't like to be examined, do we? <laughs> you know, the Scripture tells us... Uh, <laughs> to examine ourselves. Right. You like examining yourself? You know, I do, I do a base exam at home. I get on the scales, and I'm like discouraged, and I move it back a little bit because I know Donna's going to be in there looking at it. And, uh, uh, but it doesn't change the fact, does it? Examine yourself. Um. What do you really believe? Now, we're all good five-pointers. Do you really believe it? You know who can answer that? Just you. You're here. I, I assume you do. But do you? You know what I have found the most critical piece of five points is this, and the one that really people have the most problem will, with, even if they don't admit it, is total depravity. They want some little portion of mankind to be good, or at least be able to make a good decision, right? But it's not there. And, and, and so we see that these people were put in a very precarious situation and they make this request to eat a bland diet. Verse 14. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Now can you imagine being blessed with a diet of oatmeal and coming out better than pork chops? You know what? It's because our God can do it. Do you know what he, where He wants the redeemed to be? 
in a good, sound church somewhere. You ever had to move? Thank God we've never had to move. We've, we've moved four times in 35 years, and that's good for me if we never move again. But you know what the first qualification? Be sure there's a sound church there. Be certain there's a sound church there, and then you can go from there. Uh, I'm a registered nurse. I pretty much could find a job anywhere in this country. But does it, does it mean that I need to be there? No. I need to be where God would have me to be, and that spot has to have a sound church, right? That, 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 that is a necessity. Why? So I can get my oatmeal. Y'all probably grew up as poor as I did, and we, uh, we always would have beans, potatoes, and cornmeal at lunchtime, and then for supper we'd have potatoes, beans, and corn. And that was, uh, you know, I, I got so sick of eating beans when I was a kid, I said, I will never eat them again. You know what's my favorite food today? I love a good pot of beans. You know why? Because I got used to it. I enjoyed it. I liked it. And sometimes, but you, you know what? We never went hungry. Now, we didn't have what we wanted, but we never went hungry. You know what? Church is going to be boring some days. It's not going to, fl- you know, that's the, that's the problem with this Pentecostal movement out there is they want to entertain somebody. Church is not entertaining. It does not tickle the flesh. Now, it ought, to, it ought to thrill the spirit at times, but you're not going to have fleshly fun at church. Sorry. And, and, and so we find then, at the end of this testing period, the total opposite of what they thought would happen, happened. They were more nourished than they'd ever been. Now, this, this really proves two things. One thing, God's diet is always best. You know what? Keep a King James Bible right on you. That's not real popular preaching in 2023. But you know what? I won't take anything else. And you know why? It's the King's diet. I don't need it. I don't need a book that minimizes Christ. Do you? I certainly... what What about minimizing the church? It's worse on that than minimizing Christ. They minimize both. But listen, you know what they believe the church is? Everybody. I don't believe that, do you? What's the Bible say? I have placed some in the church, right? And and if if you're blessed enough to be placed in the church, you know what? Uh, If I read that in context correctly, it means God did it, not you. So, you, you know, uh, that's just an extra blessing, is it not? And, and so we find these boys continued to be refusing the, the edict of the king. Now, for time's sake, I won't read it, but two more events grew out of this. First, the next one you will see, the three brothers ended up in a furnace. Now, you remember what they said right before they went on? 
<laughs> be it known unto thee, O king. He said something like, if God will deliver us, he will. But if not, they still wouldn't bow. You know what you do when you send your kids off to public school? You're bowing. Amen or oh me. Right? You're bowing. And, and, and they refused to do that. And did it give them an applause? No, no. It cost, would have cost them their life. You know what standing sometimes is going to do? It's going to cost you friendships. It's going to cost you family members. And listen, we're getting toward the end, so it might just cost you your life. Right? And, and so we, we, we need to be aware of that. But you know, uh, when, when they were thrown in the fire, they, they, they refused to do it, and, and they would not be had. And they looked down in there, and he said, I see for me. <laughs> Loose and walking about. Sometimes the Lord's going to put you to the test. Do you know that? Keep up your good diet. <laughs> Keep up eating your oatmeal. I don't even like oatmeal. Uh, and you're going to be put to the test. You're not applauded when you serve God. What did He promise us? He said He'd turn up the fire. And get rid of the dross. You know what? I've been trying to faithfully serve the Lord for 35 years. And I know good and well I still have some dross. And I will guarantee you you do too. Well, how, how is the Lord going to take care of that? He's going to turn the heat up. We're there. You know, stuff we're seeing right now when I was a young preacher was just predicted. And now we're living it. Now the other fellow, Daniel, said he opened his windows, faced Israel, and prayed three times a day. So he has this weird diet. Another thing you have to have if you're going to stand in this day is a good prayer life. I don't see that among God's people. I don't mean it critical. Most of you, I don't even know that well. But the people I do know, I know myself better than I know anybody. My prayer life's not what it ought to be. But I believe Daniel's was. I believe when he got down there, he meant business with God. I think that's the essential element of prayer life, don't you? I'll tell you one thing we don't have in our prayer more than and it needs to be, is praise. You know what, we, when we get down there, a lot of times, give me, give me, give me, my name's Jimmy. All right? No. We're, 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 we're facing the omnipotent God of heaven. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You're high and lifted up. We love you. He knows what you need. And listen, he certainly knows the difference between a need and a want. Yeah, right. right? Then we get back to potatoes and cornbread. Right? And so we see then that because of his enemies, 
he too was facing the end. And the Lord did a great and wonderful miracle. And the, and the lion's mouth was shut. Now, I don't know how many was down there. I know it says lions plural. I got out of the fourth grade, and I know what makes a word, a word plural. You got that little S on there. All right. And so, but have you ever thought the nature of a lion? I've been to a few, a few zoos. <laughs> what did they have besides their teeth? They have these, right? They can kill you with these. So, I believe for a very brief time, he changed their nature. The Bible says that the, uh, in the kingdom, what? The lion will lay down with the lamb. That old lion's going to become a grass-eating creature again. What a wonderful, glorious time. Remember, remember when the king ran down there? Oh, Daniel, live forever! And Daniel said, Oh, king, my God has shut their mouths. And then he took the others, the one that set, set Daniel up, throwed them off in there. The old lions went back to their nature, and he ate them for breakfast. See, that's what our God can do. We forget that sometimes. And you know what? Let me say this. Satan wants you to forget those things. Because if you don't remember these things, and when something bad happens, where are you going to turn to? The world or yourself, more likely. When we have a God that makes something out of nothing, and we don't go to Him. What about, what about you? What would you have done in this situation? Now, we're fixing to go back in the fellowship area. What do you want to eat? Now, I knocked every dessert out except that pecan pie. And it was looking pretty good to me. So am I going to take potato salad? Or I'm going to get me a piece of that pecan pie before I head out. We make that decision every day, don't we? I have to say the dear brother's right. That's most of our main line today. And I, I'm lumping myself in that. And dear brother, I do have a Facebook account. <laughs> and I try to spend most of my time posting scripture, but sometimes I get a bit political and I have to stop myself. Um, but how much of that does how much time does it take up every day? More than it should. I don't know. You know what I do at work? I leave my phone at my desk, so it's not it's not any issue for me. And you know this is what scares me. I'm gonna say this. I promise we're gonna close. I work in a nursing home, and my primary duty is to take care of wounds. We won't go too deep into that because I don't want to grow a show out. But that's, that's my primary job. But I go past the nurses that are supposed to be passing medicine. And in school, we, would, we were taught five rights for medicine. And I won't go into that either. But there's five steps in giving every 
pill. And I see the girls on the med carts going, you think they're doing their five rights? Lord, it ain't no telling what they're getting, is it? No, no telling what the residents are getting and no telling what they're getting, right? That's where we live. Focus on the Lord, church. Focus on the Lord. Eat what exactly that He designed us to eat. And I can tell you of a surety, it's right here. This is our diet. Don't switch. Don't go with the new NIV or some of those other crazy rattlesnake version, the RSV. Stick with this. This is our diet. This is our pulp. This is, this is what will keep us going in the day that we live. Don't ever give it up.